بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger May Allah's salah and salam be upon the noble prophet the household, the believers of his household and the honorable companions and those who follow on their path until the day of resurrection. We continue the explanation of the book Ad-Durusul Muhimma Li'ammatil Ummah The Important Lessons for the General Muslims Ummah And we have reached the Surat Al-Kafirun And inshallah ta'ala tonight we will finish the Surat Al-Kafirun all the way to Surat Al-Nas in Surah Al-Kafirun A'udhu Billahi Al-Sameel Alim Min Al-Shaytan Al-Rajim Bismillah Al-Rahman Al-Rahim Qul Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun La A'budu Ma Ta'budun Wala Antum Aabidun Ma A'bud Wala Ana Aabidun Ma A'badtum Wala Antum Aabidun Ma A'bud Lakum Deenukum Waliyadeen The overall explanation of the meaning of this surah chapter 109 say O Al-Kafirun disbelievers I worship not that which you worship nor will you worship that which I worship and I shall not worship that which you are worshipping nor will you worship that which I worship to you be your religion and to be to me my religion this surah is one of the two surahs known as Suratay Al-Ikhlas The two chapters of Ikhlas, of sincerity And these surahs are Qul Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun, Surat Al-Kafirun 109 And Surat Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad, Surat Al-Ikhlas Chapter 112 And the Prophet Alayhi Salatu Wasalam used to recite them in the Salat Sunnah of the Fajr and in the Sunnah of the Maghrib and in the two Raka'ah for Tawaf for circulating upon circulating the Kaaba. Why? Because they comprise the sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and purity of Tawheed and praise of Allah by His perfect attributes as in Surah Qul Allahu Ahad which we will discuss shortly inshallah Qul Ya Kafirun Allah calls upon them Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun O Al-Kafirun This includes Every Kafir Whether from the Mushriks The Pagans Or the Jews Or the Christians Or the Communists And so forth Kullu Kafir Every Kafir You call him In your heart or by your tongue, if he is present. Freeing oneself from him and his worship. Declaring oneself innocent from them and their worships. لا أعبد ما تعبدون I worship not that which you worship. Wala antum abiduna ma abud to the rest of the verse of the verses. The statements are repeated twice. La abuduma ta'budun meaning I don't worship those whom you worship. And this refers to the idols. And 
ولا انتم عابدون ما اعبد اند يو ورشب نوت ذات ويتش اي ورشب مينينج الله مينينج ذيرفور انا لا اعبد اصنامكم اي دونت ورشب يور ايدلز نور ذات يو ورشب الله Some may think that the repetition is for confirmation and attestation or assertion. But this is not the case. Because the formats are different. لا أعبد ما تعبدون I worship not with that which you worship. This is a fi'l. This is an action. And verb. وَلَا أَنْتُمْ وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ Nor I shall not worship that which you are worshiping. And I shall not worship that which you are worshiping. Worship and worshiping. Worship is a noun. So therefore there is variation. There is in the first one there is a verb and in the second there is a noun. So to say that this is assertion is a weak statement. Because assertion or confirmation requires that the two statements be alike in the contracts, in the construct. But why is this repetition? Some of the scholars said, لا أعبد ما تعبدون I shall not worship that which you are worshipping, meaning now. And the other statement, ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم So I worship not that you that which you worship now and I shall not worship that which you are worshiping in the future. However, there is a kind of objection to this opinion. The statement, وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدْ Nor will you worship that which I worship. It is possible that they may believe. So to say that this is for the future has a point of weakness here because some of them may believe so now we have two opinions one opinion that this is an assertion or confirmation that the repetition is a confirmation or assertion and the second opinion is that this refers to the future. And both are weak. The third opinion. لا أعبد ما تعبدون Referring to the idols. ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد Meaning, لا تعبدون الله. You don't worship Allah. And then the next two statements. وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدْ This repetition. The third opinion deals with it as follows. Meaning in 
worship. That is, my worship is not like your worship, and your worship is not like mine. So there is a negation of the verb, not the object. Meaning, there is, doesn't mean negation of what is worshipped, but a negation of worship. Meaning, لا أعبدك عبادتكم I don't worship like your worship. ولا تعبدون أنتم كعبادتي And you the same, you don't worship like my worship. Because my worship is خالصة لله Sincere to Allah. And your worship is shirk. This is the third opinion. The fourth opinion. And this is the choice of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah. He said, Allah's statement, لا أعبد ما تعبدون ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد This is the fi'l. This refers to al-fi'l. The action. So there is agreement to the first statement as to the second now to the repetition. Wala ana abidum ma abedtum, wala antum abiduna ma abud. And I shall not worship that which you are worshipping, nor will you worship that which I worship. This is in terms of acceptance. And it means, لَنْ أَقْبَلَ غَيْرَ عِبَادَتِي I shall not accept, accept my worship. وَلَنْ أَقْبَلَ عِبَادَتَكُمْ And I shall not accept your worship. And you the same. You will not accept. I do not worship you what you worship. And I don't accept. And you the same. You don't worship Allah. وَلَا تَرْضَوْنَ بِعِبَادَتِهِ And you don't accept his worship. And this statement by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, this explanation, if you comprehend it, then you will find it free from any kind of weakness, like the opinions, the two opinions mentioned earlier. And therefore, فَيَكُونُ قَوْلًا حَسَنًا جَيِّدًا and therefore, it stands as a good opinion. And from this we take a point of benefit. That the glorious Qur'an, لَيْسَ فِيهِ شَيْءٌ مُكَرَّرٌ That there isn't anything which is repeated in the Qur'an, without having a benefit, that there must be a benefit. Because if we say that there is something in the Qur'an which is repeated without a benefit, then there will be lagu in the Qur'an, there will be nonsense. And the Qur'an is above this and free from that. And accordingly, the repetition in Surah Al-Rahman, the saying of Allah, فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ And also the repetition in Surah Al-Mursalat, chapter 77, وَيْلٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ لِلْمُكَذِّبِينَ This is a repetition for a great benefit. Meaning, 
كل آية مما بين هذه الآية المكررة تشمل على نعم عظيمة Every verse between these repeated verses comprises great benefits and great favors. And also, it involves a drawing of attention to the one being addressed. Then afterwards, at the end of this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ وَلِيَدِينَ لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ وَلِيَدِينَ To you be your deen. That which you are upon. And to me, my deen. So, فَأَنَا بَرِيءٌ مِّن دِينِكُمْ I am free and disassociated from your deen. وَأَنْتُمْ بَرِيْؤُونَ مِنْ ديني. And you are disassociated from mine. Some of the people of knowledge said that this surah was revealed before the ordainment of jihad. And that after the ordainment of jihad, no kafir shall be accommodated for his religion except by jizya if they were from the people of the book or from others according to the correct opinion al-jizya meaning if they pay once they pay the tax this is one opinion however the correct opinion is this Surah does not contradict the commandment or the ordainment of jihad so that we came, we come and conclude that it is abrogated. Rather we say it is unabrogated and that we must declare ourselves disassociated from the religions of the Kafirs, the Jews, the Christians, the pagans, at any time and under all circumstances. So therefore, we attest to the Jews and the Christians on their religion by way of tax while we worship Allah and they worship whomever they worship so in this surah therefore there is disassociation from worshipping other than Allah Azza wa Jal And this applies to the object of worship or the type of ibadah, the fi'l, the action. And there is ikhlas, sincerity to Allah Azza wa Jal in this, this association, meaning all worship must be solely to Allah.
And there is another benefit in this. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called the religion of the disbelievers, called it deen. Lakum deenukum. You have your religion. And this does not mean, necessarily it does not mean that this is a proof for the authenticity of their religion. To the contrary, the surah is a disassociation from what they worship. And the mere fact that it is called deen does not entail that it is the correct deen accepted to Allah. because of what they had introduced in it from shirk and so forth and also it is very obviously concluded contrary to what some people may think It is concluded that the disassociation from the beliefs and the religions of the Kafirs is obvious in action and in the worship in the type and in the object of worship and in no way this can be understood as it is understood by some as we said earlier that this is approval that these religions are correct and that's why Allah called them deen and it is obvious that in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to what disbelievers had taken as objects of worship he referred to them as gods but this does not mean that they are true gods to the contrary they are false such reference does not mean approval to the contrary it proves the invalidity of these objects of worship they are futile this brings the end of this surah and we move to surah al-nasr Chapter 1 إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره إنه كان توابا When comes the help of Allah His aid against your enemies or Muhammad وسلم, and the conquest meaning of Mecca and you see that the people enter Allah's deen in crowds then glorify the praises of your Lord and ask for his forgiveness verily he is the one who accepts the repentance and forgives إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ the address is to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam النصر the help and aid such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the believer prevailing over the enemies and humiliates his enemies and victory is a great 
delight that occurs to the slave it brings pleasure and delight and it is affirmed that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith in the authentic hadith which we discussed the other day نُصِرْتُ بِالرُّعْبِ مَثِيرَةَ شَهْرٍ I have been given victory from a distance by way of fear instilled in the Prophet's enemies meaning from a distance of one month meaning from such a distance his enemy is frightened already and such fear is one of the strongest influences that cause the destruction of the enemy because in state of fear it wouldn't be possible for the enemy to hold on never so إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح نصر الله meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you help and aid that led you to victory over your enemies and the fatih here means the فتح مكة the conquest of مكة and this occurred in Ramadan in the eighth year after Hijrah and what led to that is that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after he made the treaty of Al-Hudaybiyah with the Quraysh Mushriks in the sixth year after Hijrah the famous treaty Quraysh the pagans of Quraysh breached the treaty so the Prophet ﷺ invaded them and he left Medina prepared with 10,000 fighters came out secretly saying Allahumma ammi akhbarana anhum O Allah obscure our news and preparations from them and suddenly he was surrounding them and he entered Mecca on the 20th of Ramadan from the 8th year after Hijrah or in the 8th year after Hijrah victorious all the Qurayshi Kafirs came and gathered around the Kaaba and he stood by the Kaaba والسلام, by the door and Quraysh underneath waiting for his decision as to what he will do with them he took by the support of the door والسلام, and he said Ya ma'ashara Quraysh O people of Quraysh ma tadunnuna anni fa'ilun bikum what do you think I going to do with you and he eight years before he left the same city fearing their plots to kill him and upon Allah's command to emigrate and now they are all under his authority and in his hand and under his disposal what do you think I'm going to do with you they said khayran they said good akhun kareem wabnu akhin kareem a noble brother and the son of a noble brother he said alayhi salatu wassalam fa'inni aqulu lakum and therefore I tell you kama qala yusufu li akhwatih 
as Yusuf, Prophet Yusuf, السلام, said to his brothers, as in Surah Yusuf 12:22, and he, sallallahu alaihi recited, لا تثريب عليكم اليوم يغفر الله لكم. اذهبوا فأنتم الطلقاء. Leave, you are free. He said, no reproach on you this day. May Allah forgive you. Idhabu, so go, and you are free. So he forgave them, alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah called this, Fathan Mubina, as in Surah Al-Fath, verse 1, chapter 48, verse 1, Inna fatahna alayka, إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا Verily we have given you a manifest, a manifest clear victory and great. And when that took place, people came to know now that the end, Muhammad وسلم, is the victorious and that the role of Quraysh is over. So afterwards, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ In this verse, وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا So Quraysh is over now. وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ And you see that people enter Allah's deen in crowds. After they used to enter it, what? Individuals. And Secretly. Now they come openly in crowds. And the delegates began coming to the Prophet ﷺ in Medina from all sides. So that this year was called Amul Wufud, the year of the delegates or delegations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells his Prophet in this surah then. إِذَا رَأَيْتَ هَذِهِ الْعَلَامَةِ When you see this sign, the victory which Allah had given you, فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ So declare, glorify the praises of your Lord and ask for His forgiveness. Glorify the praises of your Rabb Allah Azza wa Jal. It was expected. Listen to what Allah said here. Declare Allah is free of all, of all imperfection. Glorify His praises. And ask for forgiveness. It was expected that the answer would be from you, O Muhammad. So, O Muhammad, give thanks to Allah for this favor upon you and praise him for that. However, he told him, فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ And glorify the praises of your Rabb and ask for forgiveness. This is like the saying of Allah in another surah, in Surah Al-Insan, in 76, 23 and 24, إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنَ تَنْزِيلًا فَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ Again here, verily, it is we who have sent down the Quran to you by stages. So you should be thankful. You should. This is a great ni'mah upon you. It is expected that. So be thankful. But what did Allah tell him? Therefore, be patient and submit to the command of your Lord. Why? This is a prelude. بِأَنَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ سَوْفَ يَنَالُ أَذَنْ that it is expected that you are going to face hardships and tough times and harm because of the propagation of this Quran sent upon you and propagating it in the Ummah. Here, فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ Glorify the praise of your Lord after Allah gave him the favor and the blessing of the Fath of Mecca, the conquest of Mecca. Therefore, upon contemplating this 
carefully, the hikmah, the wisdom becomes clear as to why Allah told him, glorify the praises of your Lord and ask for your forgiveness. Meaning, if the victory of Allah comes and the conquest occurs, فَقَدْ قَرُبَ أَجَلُكَ وَمَا بَقِيَ عَلَيْكَ إِلَّا تَسْبِيحَ التَّسْبِيحَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَالْإِسْتِغْفَارَ Then, your ajal, your lifespan, is coming to an end. And what remains from you now is to make tasbih and istighfar. So, make tasbih linked with praises. And what is tasbih? Tasbih is declaring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high, free of all imperfection. And what is hamd? Hamd is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with perfection, with love and magnification. So combine both, O Muhammad Tasbih and hamd. Wastaghfirhu and ask him for forgiveness. So Allah commanded him with two things. Tasbih with hamd. Second, istighfar. Asking forgiveness. And forgiveness is shield. Shielding. Allah shields the slaves of their sins. Shields their sins. Covers them. And eliminates them. And pardons them. And this is what the slave hopes for. Because of his numerous sins. The slaves need the maghfirah, the forgiveness. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not bestow upon the slave because of his sins, the slave's sins, the slave's sins, if Allah does not bestow upon him from his forgiveness, he will be destroyed. And that's why the Prophet said, لَن يَدْخُلَ أَحَدٌ مِّنْكُمُ الْجَنَّةَ بِعَمَلِهِ None of you will be admitted to paradise by merely his deeds. They said, the companions, وَلَا أَنْتَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Not even you, O Messenger of Allah. He said, وَلَا أَنَا Not even me. إِلَّا أَنْ يَتَغَمَّدْنِيَ اللَّهُ بِرَحْمَتِهِ Unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon me from his mercy. Why? لِأَنَّ عَمَلَكْ Because your deeds. لَوْ أَرَدْتَ أَنْ تَجْعَلَهُ فِي مُقَابَلَةِ نِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ النِّعَمِ if you want to <coughs> put your deeds and try to compare it with one of Allah's favors upon you, one single favor upon you, لَأَحَاطَتْ بِهِ النِّعَمْ then the, the ni'mah will surround your deeds from all sides. So how you want to take it as a trade for paradise? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا The last part of the verse, إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا فَرِذِي He is the one who accepts the repentance and forgives. This is the meaning of this surah. But this surah has a great deep meaning. Only the smart would be able to pick it up. And that's why when Umar ibn al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, heard that the people criticized him because he brought Abdullah bin Abbas close to him. Yet Abdullah bin Abbas was young. 
and he didn't bring other youth close to him as he did with Abdullah bin Abbas so when he heard that some people criticized him for that not and oh, and knowing that he is one of the most just rulers he Umar radiallahu ta'ala wanted to make it clear that he did not give any special preference to Abdullah bin Abbas in anything so what did he do he gathered the elders of the Muhajirs and the elders of the Ansar on one day and Abdullah bin Abbas was with them and he asked them the following question مَا تَقُولُونَ فِي هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ What do you say concerning this surah? The surah, this surah we're talking about. Surah Al-Nasr. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ When the help of Allah will come. And the conquest of Mecca. Until he finished the recitation. So they explained the meaning as it appeared to them some of them said it commands us to praise Allah and seek his forgiveness if he gives us victory and and the openness and the conquest of Mecca and others said we don't know and others kept silent so Umar turned to Abdullah bin Abbas and he told him, مَا تَقُولُ يَا ابْنَ عَبَّاسِ What do you say, O oh, Ibn Abbas? Ibn Abbas, رضي الله عنهما, said, يَا أَمِيرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ O leader of the believers, هُوَ أَجَلُهُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ This is the end of the Prophet's life. أَعْلَمَهُ اللَّهِ Allah told him, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ when Allah's victory and help comes, then this is the sign of your end. فَقَالَ عُمَر عُمَر رضي الله تعالى عنه said, وَاللَّهِ مَا أَعْلَمُ مِنْهَا إِلَّا مَا تَعْلَمُ By Allah, I don't know any meaning other than the meaning that you know of. Meaning this one. فَتَبَيَّنَ بِذَلِكَ And now it became clear to them the merit of Ibn Abbas and his distinction and that he was qualified as being a smart person able to comprehend and reach this meaning regarding this a great surah. And when this surah was revealed the Prophet والسلام, the one who is the best in worship amongst mankind began to say abundantly in his ruku' and his sujood the following dua Subhanakallahumma Rabbana wa bihamdik Allahumma gfirli O Allah I declare you free of all imperfection our Rabb entitled to all praise Allahumma gfirli O Allah forgive me He sallallahu alayhi wasallam began saying this dua in his ruku' and in sujood and so we say Subhanak Allahumma Rabbana wa bihamdik Allahumma gfir lana dhunubana وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين This brings the end of this surah We move to the third surah Surah Al-Masad 111 تبت يدا أبي لهب وتب ما أغنى عنه ماله وما كسب سيصلى 
نارا ذات لهب وامرأته حمالة الحطب في جيدها حبل من مسد سورة المسد 1-11 Perish the two hands of Abu Lahab Abu Lahab is the uncle of the Prophet Perish he his wealth and his children will not benefit him he will be burned in a fire a fire of blazing flames and his wife too who carries wood thorns of Satan which she used to put on the way of the Prophet or use it to slander him in her neck is a twisted rope of method this Quran is from the many is one of the many or fihi rather there is in it many many proofs and evidences explicitly proving that Rasulullah is a true messenger not calling for a status or a kingdom or to be a leader The uncles of the Messenger وسلم, in terms of their dealing with him and in terms of their stance towards Allah جل, are divided into three categories. First includes those who believed in him and made jihad with him and submitted in Islam to Rabbil Alameen this is the first group of his uncles the second included those who gave him support but stayed on Kufr and third are those who opposed and were kafirs as to the first those who believed in him and made jihad with him included his uncle Al-Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib Al-Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib wa Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib and the latter is better than the first because the latter Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib amongst the best of the martyrs with Allah and the Prophet described him as the lion of Allah and the lion of his messenger and he was martyred in the battle of Uhud in the second year after Hijrah as to those or as to, yes, as to those who gave support to the Prophet ﷺ but stayed on Kufr this included Abu Talib his uncle he stood firmly defending the messenger ﷺ. however and we seek refuge in Allah the word of punishment upon him preceded because he knew the truth but rejected it he did not accept Islam even in the moments before his death the last moments of his life the Prophet ﷺ presented Islam to him but he refused and he said his statement that he is on the Milla the religion of Abdul Muttalib his father the Prophet sought Allah for intercession for him and Allah gave him an intercession and it is as in Bukhari mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari volume 5 number 222 he will be placed in a shallow 
fire reaching his ankles or his ankles with which his brain will boil as to the third those who opposed Abu Lahab Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this surah concerning him recited in the prayers the obligatory ones and the optional ones secretly and loudly and the person is rewarded for its recitation each letter is rewarded ten good deeds in this surah تَبَّتْ يَدَىٰ أَبِي لَهَبٍ and this is in response to Abu Lahab when he the Prophet when the Prophet gathered Quraysh to invite them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith narrated by Ibn Abbas when the verse warn your tribe of near kindred was revealed Allah's messenger وسلم, went out and when had had ascended the mount of Safa he shouted O Sabah The people said what is that Then they gathered around him Whereupon he said Do you see If I inform you that a Cavalry men are proceeding Up the side of this mountain Will you believe me They said we have never heard you telling a lie then he said I am a plain warner to you of a coming severe punishment here Abu Lahab said may you perish this is addressing the Prophet his uncle telling him may you perish you gathered us only for this reason Then Abu Lahab went away. So Surat Al-Lahab or Surat Al-Masad perished the hands of Abu Lahab. Allah responded. Perish the hands of Abu Lahab. So Abu Lahab when he said to the Prophet ﷺ, May you perish. You gathered us only for this reason. This is belittling the affair. This is belittling the messenger and his message. Meaning that this is a matter that does not require such attention. This is like the saying of Allah <coughs> that this is like the saying, أَهَذَا الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ آلِهَتَكُمْ 21.36 أَهَذَا الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ آلِهَتَكُمْ Look at the way of belittling. Is this the one who is mentioning, speaking about your God? So he is not. He is nothing. He is nothing. So don't give attention to him. As also they said in Surah Al-Zukhruf 43, 
Why is not this Quran sent down to some great man of the two towns, Mecca and the Ta'if? So they want to consider the Prophet ﷺ as nothing. So anyway, here Abu Lahab said, May you perish. This is the reason that you gathered us for? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to him by this surah. Tabbat yada Abi Lahab. May the hand of Abi of Lahab be perished. Perish the hand of Abi Lahab. So, loss. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said concerning Fir'aun in Surah 40, verse 37. وَمَا كَيْدُ فِرْعَوْنَ إِلَّا فِي تَبَابِ تباب الخسار خسار لص and Allah so and the plot of Fir'aun led to nothing but loss and destruction for him. And Allah here began by saying, Tabbat yada. He began with his hands. Referring to Abi Lahab here by saying, Tabbat yada. Perish the hands. Before, before himself, before Abi Lahab. Why? Tabbat yada Abi Lahab. He began with his hands before he mentioned him by his name, Abi Lahab. Because his hands are the tools for action, taking and giving and the like. And this title for Abu Lahab really fits perfectly because of his status and his abode. Because this person will be in a blazing fire. Fitting. And, and compare now, compare, compare when, when Suhail bin Amr, Suhail, listen to this name, okay? Suhail. When Suhail bin Amr, in the story of Al Hudaybiyah, the Prophet said, when he saw him coming, he said, هذا سهيل بن عمر وما أراه إلا سهل لكم من أمركم سهيل the name fits the action. Suhail is from Sahl. Yani it relates to Sahl. Sahl means easy. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he saw him coming, he said, هذا Suhail ibn Amr. This is Suhail bin Amr. Suhail. Then what did the Prophet ﷺ said? وَمَا أَرَاهُ And I don't see except that. إِلَّا Listen to. Suhila. سُهِّلَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَمْرِكُمْ Except that your affair is going to be easy. Because the name fits the action. Sahal and Suhail. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in this verse, مَا أَغْنَى عَنْهُ مَا لُهُ مَا أَغْنَى عَنْهُ مَا لُهُ His wealth and his children. ما أغنى عنه ماله. This could be like an exclamation, and it means أي شيء أغنى عنه ماله وما كسب. What's the thing that, يعني, made his wealth and his children? And he benefit him from there is nothing, and it also could mean negation. It didn't really avail him. 
And both meanings are interrelated, are entailed by each other. Meaning that his wealth and whatever he earned availed him not. Yet we know that wealth benefits. It may ransom someone who falls in the captivity of his enemy. He may say to him, well, I give you this wealth and leave me and let me free. And he will let him free. And he may request a ransom for that. Also, if a person gets sick, he will benefit from his wealth. If he gets hungry, he will benefit from his wealth. So, wealth benefits, but here, his wealth and and, and his earnings benefit him not. So, how can we understand this? النَّفْعُ الَّذِي لَا يُنْجِي صَاحِبَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ لَيْسَ بِنَفْعٍ The benefit which does not save the person from hell, is not a benefit. So here, it, it avails him not, for, يعني, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it was of no benefit to him, his wealth. And as you see, the verse covers the wealth and the children. However, it is more general than this. This verse covers his children, covers the wealth earned, and with him, and it covers any prestige and status. All of this together is of no benefit with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. سَيَصْلَى نَارًا ذَاتَ لَهَبْ Surely he سَيَصْلَى نَارًا ذَاتَ لَهَبْ The next verse He will be burned in a fire of blazing flames. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatened him that he will make him taste naran, a fire, with blazing flames close to. This is coming close. It's near. Why it's near? Because the affairs of this life and the enjoyment of this life and a person's stay in it no matter how it's long the hereafter is close. Even the people when they are in the barrier life after death, and years pass, it will be like an hour. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described in Surah Al-Ahqaf, chapter 46, verse 35, لم يلبثوا إلا ساعة من نهر بلغ فهل يهلك إلا القوم الفاسقون Therefore be patient as did the messenger of strong will and be
and be in no haste about them. On the day when they will see that torment with which they are promised, meaning threatened with, it will be as if they have not stayed more than an hour in a single day. And anything which is, stays like an hour in a single day, this means that it's close. Then what about his wife? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated, وَمْرَأَتُهُ حَمَّالَةَ الْحَطَبِ And his wife too, who carries wood. And in another recitation, Hamalatu. And this is an amplification, meaning she carries this wood, yani a lot of this. And it is mentioned that they, she used to gather this wood with thorns of Satan and used to put it in the way of the Prophet ﷺ, so as to harm him. في جيدها حبل من مسد In her neck is a twisted rope of مسد and this refers to a fiber a leaf from palm leaf palm leaf fiber so she used to carry this put this around her neck and goes to the desert to the desert to tie the wood and carry it to put it in the way of the Prophet we see refuge in Allah from this and this refers to how the, st- the, the despicable status she reached, although she was one of the honorable women of Quraysh. Only for what? Only to satisfy her objective of harming the Prophet ﷺ. and we seek refuge in Allah from this and this brings the end of this surah and we take a short break inshallah before we complete the last through three chapters 112, 113 and 114 Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam